Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 4. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle and those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time you already know what i'm saying is true so if that sounds interesting to you enjoy the show out boom it looks like everybody is coming in all right awesome who do we have here we got mississippi man flint michigan scott minnesota reno nevada atlanta arizona seattle Indiana, awesome man! You guys, welcome, welcome! Come on in. We are gonna hammer on this call. Got folks from everywhere. Philadelphia, okay, boom. Someone's got good audio. You are good, loud and clear. South Carolina, awesome. So we are literally all over the United States on this call. I am super, super stoked. Uh, I cannot wait to get you guys this information. One of the reasons I wanted to dig into this presentation, and I'm going to fly through these slides so we get to the meat and potatoes as quickly as possible. Um, I think, Rick, your, your image like flipped sideways. Um, we got Greece in the house, Malaysia in the house, New York. I love it, man. I love seeing the overseas stuff. Awesome. You're good now. Um, one of the reasons I want to do this, this, this presentation on uh, working solo is because the reality of this game is we work solo like all the time and i don't think there's enough content out there those of you who know me you know that you know i'm an educator i make content about the reality of executive protection we'll get into that but first welcome to this live stream um you're going to get to listen to myself and rick sweeney who's got a wealth of experience more experience than me so you'll get a lot out of this and so let's jump into it i look at time as god's currency you can't get it back i'm gonna do everything i can to make this worth your time and um, also you will get access to something the industry's not seen before. An amazing opportunity to work with me that I've never spoken about before. It's been underneath the streetlights uh, to join forces with me and Rick as well. So this information is for two types of people. Boom, those who are in the industry and want to uh, and want to advance their skills to earn higher income as executive protection agents. These are really the two demographics I speak to when I do these presentations. So many of you may have seen these slides before if you've been on this presentation, but this is because this is my mission, man. And then also those wanting to break into the industry as and fast track their learning by linking arms with successful professionals, right? You wanna cut out all the guesswork. You wanna not wonder why you're not getting called, calls back. This presentation is for you. All right, so stay to the end. I'm going to be answering your questions. Rick and I are going to have a live Q&A for you guys to uh, fire away with what you think, uh, with what you want to know about the game, right? You've got a wealth of, of knowledge here to, to hammer um, and learn from. 
I'm going to announce a brand new, never before seen opportunity, uh, which I've been working, me and Rick have been working on for a long time and we're extremely excited about. So stay to the end. That's going to happen. It's not going to be anything you've seen before. I promise you that. The reality of working solo. Okay. In my opinion, when it comes to the private security game, the reality of working solo is simply that, uh, you know, I saw this amazing meme the other day, man. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember that series Breaking Bad when, like, the sidekick guy uh, towards the end is, like, crying. He's like, you can't keep doing this to me. And it's basically a meme of, like, how you feel when you tell your clients, uh, you know, you need at least industry standard of two agents, but they keep on giving you one agent. You know, they look you right in your eyeball sockets and they're like, okay, I think we'll take one agent, you know, or, or they send you the request for work and they're like, we need, you know, 16 guys, three helicopters, two tanks. And they, and it sounds like it's going to be this amazing detail. And then you send them the, uh, the, the bid for the contract, you sell them the, the price for everything. And then they hit you back and they're like, Hey, can we get like, uh, you know, you know, like maybe one, two agents, uh, you, you got like a short guy. So you like half price if he's short to go with, you know, and, and the reality, so the reality of this game is simply that in the private sector where there, where it's like the wild west and, um, there are really no parameters working. solo is the reality. So many of us face so often and, the reality of much of the training that um, I experience and that I know is out there has to do with working in these huge, you know, four, five, even six man formations and teams and multiple car motor motorcades and things like that. But the reality you face when you go back to work is that more than likely it's just going to be you and maybe one other guy out there on the details. So working solo kind of in many cases, especially if you're out there chasing the pager, especially if you're out there not like working for a big detail, like full time, if you're out there working for different companies, working solo kind of is the common way that you're going to be working. Um, it, it is the rule, not the exception. And so we as private security practitioners have to get pretty awesome at that. It's just part of what we do. And there are a lot of pitfalls with it. And there are some tactics tactical advantage uh, there are some tactics to being able to navigate those conversations and navigate the workday solo that we're going to get into hey rick what would you say about the reality of working solo for uh the private security professional yeah so uh for me guys as far as working solo like byron said um yeah we're usually rolling with one to three uh personnel that's it and uh, it doesn't matter where we are and uh as you guys know I, or most of you know i work in medium to high threat areas so if we're going to Tijuana, one to three personnel. We're going to Juarez, one to three personnel. Beirut, Lebanon, one to three personnel. So we're we're always kind of flirting with that uh, that solo uh, operation, and uh, we always have to be ready to kind of take out. We might have three uh, three clients in Juarez, and now they all want to go to different factories or go to different places. So now all of a sudden we're three solo details. Uh, so how does this affect us? Well, it affects us in a lot of different ways. Uh, for me. Uh, it affects us on how we drop the client and how we pick up the client. Uh, if we're driving, so if you're calling a solo operation where you're the driver, you're the EP agent, you're it, uh, then it's going to affect how you drop and pick up your, your client. Now, obviously, what we like to do is have our drivers drop that client in front of that venue. We get out with our client and all is good. But if we're all by ourselves, we can't do that anymore. So we have to come up with solutions on how we can make this happen. 
Uh, we'll talk about these solutions later, but these are some of the challenges. Uh, posturing. How are we going to layer out? Uh, you guys that are already in the industry and some of you that have had already some training know that what we like to do, like we're at a hotel or a, excuse me, a restaurant or something like that, we'll get that close team really close to the principal. Then we'll maybe get a, that middle row or that middle ring that might be standing out a little bit. And then maybe an outer ring, which might be outside the restaurant. That way we can kind of see if anything's coming, we'll have time to go ahead and react to it and follow our SOPs. Uh, if you're by yourself, you're going to want to be as close as you can to your client. And now you don't have those those layers. So how do we uh, how do we react to that? How do we how do we still operate uh, in medium to high risk areas and not have those layers and that pre-warning? Uh, overnights, uh, when you're talking about doing overnights at hotels in medium to high threat areas, uh, what we usually do is have at least two agents and do shifts. So somebody's awake at all times watching that client's door. If you can't see the client, you want to see their access to the client. Uh, now, yeah. if you're by yourself, you're not going to be uh, staying awake 24 hours a day. You're you're going to be pretty useless the next day. Uh, right. So that's uh, another thing. Uh, I'll just leave it at that right now and pass it back yep. to Byron, and we'll kind of get into some of these things and some solutions later on. Heck yeah. Awesome. So that's the reality of the game. It's what we work with. It's what we end up dealing with. And um, especially if it's something you're not comfortable with, um, you can feel quite handicapped, but there are some ways to do it well. Uh, so the next 40 minutes, uh, here are the topics we're going to hammer on. Boom. First topic, managing expectations, how working solo changes planning. Uh, second tip, things that you must get right when working solo. So there's going to be a lot of tips, tactics, tricks, principles, things that you've got to make sure. And a lot of the things Rick mentioned that you figure out when you move into this, uh, as you work this way. The third tip, do's and don'ts. Uh, realities and pitfalls of this game. At the end, we're also going to cover something no one has ever seen in this industry as stated before. So let's dig into it. Uh, house rules real quick. Make sure this time is valuable for you. This information is not for people afraid of stepping outside of their comfort zone in order to be successful, right? Uh, this is not for tire kickers who aren't serious enough about their careers to invest the time money and energy it requires to make it in this industry right so um i'm an educator i've been here to educate professionals help them have the careers they want rick and i have both been doing that for years and it's worked but we know who it works for and that's what those two slides are for to let you know who's going to actually get the most out of this and who's actually going to benefit um, we're not here to, to give you these cheat codes. Uh, we're here for you to be able to put the things in action that we talk about. Today's information is not for those looking for a hand up, uh, a, for, for those looking for a hand up, not a hand out. What you need to do right now is get present with me. Multitasking is a fallacy. I apologize for the technical difficulties, but as with any detail, we continue to roll but uh, remove all distractions, be here with us. We're gonna give you some awesome gear to use, but also we're gonna roll out an opportunity that can change your life and change your career. And I know that for a fact because I've been doing this and I've seen it happen in the lives of many. So in case you guys is the first time you guys are getting to see myself and Rick, um, just a little bit of um, kind of who we are and what we're about as professionals and educators. Um, this slide uh, shows you kind of 
the success and response that I've been able to have online. But the main reason uh, I want you guys to see these numbers is so you can understand a little bit about who I actually really am at my core. Um, I've been online producing free content for the executive protection industry since 2017. I've produced thousands of videos free uh, on my spare time um, religiously for the last since actually since 2011. I apologize. Um, this is just who I am. I had to build my career by myself and I had to figure out the cheat codes by myself. Um, I'm not really that cool. I'm not the best in the industry. Um, but I am a guy that's been wanting to make contributions and has been wanting to make the industry a better place for over a decade. And by the grace of God, I've been able to be very impactful in the lives of many agents in terms of getting them in this game. So you couldn't fake this much um, content if it was about anything other than actually being contribution centric, right? So if you follow me on YouTube, you follow me on Instagram, you follow me on LinkedIn, you know I'm dropping one to two videos a day. That comes from a genuine heart for what I'm doing. The other people that have come and gone, you know, that make a couple videos here and there, you know, there's a difference, right? So uh, in case you guys are wondering about my real pure background, uh, United States Marine Corps, uh, infantry, two deployments to Iraq, as an 0351 anti-tank assault man, I've got a master's degree in psychology with a major in counseling psychology, a minor in forensic psychology. I published a book called Finding Meaning After the Military, which is all about the psychological tools I used to find my new fight and survive and actually thrive in the first civilian division. It's done quite well. It's helped a lot of people. It's on Amazon. Um, I've started some companies since I've been out. Bravo Research Group is my boutique private security company. The Protector Nation is the brand I used to educate really anyone who has the protection DNA. We have our own social media platform now um, and we do huge live events called um, Protector Symposiums. Uh, which have been pretty amazing. Um, I've got two podcasts, the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast uh, on my YouTube channel, uh, which is now the largest uh, library of real world executive protection content um, on the planet. You know, so we've been we're in our fourth season. We're at like episode, I don't know, 170 something at this point. And that's been a great way to canonize and crystallize real world professionals, real world experience um, to the game. So uh, that's an awesome free resource for you guys if you want to learn some things. And then the League of Executive Protection Specialists, which is my school and it's what I've been using to educate um, and build a network and help private security professionals um, operate at the level I believe we should be operating uh, to, do what, to do what it is we do as protection professionals, which I think is an honorable service. My mission has always been to bring honor back to what we do. Uh, our clients, you know, they respect their lawyers. They respect, uh, they respect their gardeners. They don't tell their gardeners how to do their job. I want them to respect private security professionals as specialists, the same way that way they respect their doctors. So we can do what it is we were hired to do. I want to bring back honor to our industry, and so that's what we do at the league. And we've helped hundreds of professionals get into uh, get into this industry at this point. It's been an honor. And, uh, we also got Rick Sweeney on the call and I'm gonna let him do his whole thing, but I just want to say, you know, I grew up in this industry. Rick's been training, you know, since I've been in this industry, I've always looked at him as, uh, a private security professional or instructor that's been laying out some of the most high quality real world instruction in this game. And he has a special niche, um, that I think lends a lot of, um, awesome experience to what it is we do as professionals, even if we don't go to high risk environments like he does. 
So in terms of, uh, and he's also the best instructor that I've learned from in the private security industry, and I continue to learn from him to this day. So with that, go ahead, Rick. Let them know where you're from and all that. I usually make mine pretty short and simple. Uh, you guys get the, the longer version when you come to class. Uh, I've been traveling to high threat areas uh, for 29 years now. So just, just shy of 30 years. Uh, started by, by uh, protection uh, pursuits in Sarajevo back in the mid-90s. And uh, did, did Iraq, rolled into there, uh, team led there for two years. I uh, started teaching at government level for uh, government security personnel back in 2002 and uh, started teaching civilians how to operate in these environments in 2007, all the time continuing to operate. Uh, been running, a, we ran an academy from 2012-2020 when COVID hit. Uh, we were up to seven weeks, a seven-week academy for protectors. Most were veterans coming out of the military. And all, a lot of these uh, individuals that went through our courses went back to government service, about half of them, or they went into corporate protection. Uh, some went freelance. Uh, now we've partnered with Byron. So uh, we're, we're knocking out these, uh, these courses together now. It's a really good mix. Uh, we kind of come from different sides of the house, but with the same goal. And so we kind of fill in the blanks, you know, uh, Byron's got stuff that I wasn't doing. And I think I have some stuff that Byron wasn't doing. So bringing those two together, you're kind of covering the whole uh, the whole gamut there. Um, we use uh, students on our details because we know that you guys know how to do it because we just trained you. I uh, just got back from South America two days ago. Uh, we did three countries, Brazil, uh, Peru and Santiago, Chile. Many of you guys are following uh, Latin America, you know, that 18 October. Uh, Santiago, Chile went through a little bit of a problem. It was an anniversary of an uprising they had and they decided to kick it back off again. We had two agents on the ground, both former students uh, with two clients, uh, trying to get them from the uh, east side of town to west side of town, avoiding the, uh, the festivities. And so we were going through all of our protective intel and mapping everything out and, and helping these guys get around the, uh, the troubles. Uh, but uh, all students. Uh, so when you guys come to us, uh, we, we tell you this when you guys start training with us, we're not looking to, uh, to train you and send you off. We're looking for team members. Uh, and this is no joke. Uh, we've offered probably since the last three classes we've done, we've probably offered five different positions uh, to individuals that were in those classes as students. Uh, so that's it. I do bring kind of a, a higher risk uh, attitude toward protection. But what you have to understand these days and what you guys know is that go to downtown Portland uh, during some fun times and now you're in a high risk area. Los Angeles, anything could become a high risk area at any given time. Any of these major cities has become a bad area and a high risk area. So it doesn't have to be overseas to be using the, uh, the techniques that we might have developed overseas because anywhere in the States can now become that bad environment that you might need to pull these things out of your back pocket. Uh, it's about all I'll say about my background right now. And uh, let's, let's roll forward. Yeah, hundred percent. And just to dovetail and, and accentuate a few things you said. Um, yeah, man, you know, I, when I came in this industry, it was heavy traveling 60 countries the first year uh, did that on repeat for seven years. And, if you're with a client, if you're with a billionaire, you know that one day, it, yeah, you might be hanging in Santa Monica and the next day they might want to go to Tulum. And it sounds simple enough. But if you don't have those skills, if you don't have the skills, if you've been just touring inside the United States and you're going to go somewhere internationally, you don't have those skills, it can present quite a legitimate problem. And 
Um, being able to flip back and forth, that's a lot of the stuff that you're going to learn here with us at the league um, with what Rick brings to the table and what I bring to the table as well. But the high-risk stuff, man, that's the ace in the hole. So uh, working solo, managing client expectations. I think the first thing that kicks that, that, that I always um, and also had to learn not to do with this is as private security professionals, I think sometimes we think we need to be the guys that can say yes and the guys that can be like, hey, yeah, I can do it no matter what, 100%. Um, it'll be secure, dot, 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 dot. I think it's really, really important for you to be able to let the principal client customer know, you know, these are kind of the parameters that I'm going to be working with. I would be able to offer you a higher level of protection if I had an extra, uh, uh, an extra guy. Industry standard, you know, would be two agents on this detail. We can do it with one, but here are the differences. I think that's something that is a good place to start when you're, uh, talking to your principals and your clients because you want to make sure you don't get yourself in a situation where you aren't able to do something and there is just one of you and there's going to be a gap and you're not ready for it. What would you say about that, about client interactions? So for me, it starts uh, as a company owner that still offers services uh, to clients. I start this, uh, this dialogue during the proposal phase. Exactly. Uh, I will always, and I think I heard you say this earlier, Byron, I will always propose the bigger team, because for us, the bigger team is a much easier, you know, it's easy, easier to manage the uh, the detail. So one client, that's fine. Guess what? Two vehicles, at least two agents, two drivers. All right. Now we have four personnel, two vehicles, one client. You, you wouldn't believe how many people have asked me, well, wait a minute. We only have one client. Why do you need all those resources? And it's pretty easy. I explain it to it pretty quick. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the down and dirty <laughs> uh, two vehicles. Uh, why do I need two vehicles for one client? Well, if the client vehicle breaks down, now we have a seamless transition and we can continue our mission with that second vehicle. Uh, second reason we have a second vehicle, if there's a problem, remember I work mainly in areas that there may be problems, uh, that second vehicle can take care of the problem where that first vehicle with the client can get to safety. Those are the two main reasons I give for the, the two vehicles. And then the personnel, obviously, drivers stay with the vehicles, keep that you know, situation safe, we stay with the clients and keep them safe. Uh, that's kind of a, a no brainer. Uh, and then I might give some examples, but in proposal, when I'm giving these options to the, uh, the clients, I'm letting them know ahead of time what they're going to be sacrificing if they only want one of us, what are they going to be sacrificing main things? Well, if we're down in Mexico, we always want to do overnight shifts. We want to have somebody up and on that client's door, uh, 24 hours a day. And so with one person, you can't do that. And so I let them know that you're sacrificing that 24 hour protection. Now, what do we do? Well, uh, we've got little camera and mic setups. We put over the, the, uh, the client's door in the hallway that most of the time nobody ever notices. Uh, we've got door blocks, uh, door alarms. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do to help us uh, get that advantage, even if we're working solo. Yep. Uh, adjoining rooms are great and then blocking those doors, uh, those doors closed. So they have to eat, they have to go into our room <laughs> to get away. Um, and like I said, monitoring the hallway as much as we can, uh, things like this, we have to really be uh, put in place if we're by ourselves, because we literally have no other options, but we're going to have to get some shut eye, right. Or we're going to be, uh, you know, completely useless the next day, especially if we're driving them around. 
Um, so yeah, I start this at proposal phase, let them know what they're going to be sacrificing. And we, we call it, uh, in the industry, a security escort. It's not a detail anymore. It's just a security escort. So we can only do what we can during waking hours and here are the things we're going to sacrifice. And so we let's let them know ahead of time and then they understand it. And so they know, so they're not surprised when we get on the ground and they might not be getting what they got the last time they had a two or three minute detail. Exactly. Exactly. You want to manage those expectations from the jump uh, at the proposal phase. And Rick nailed it, man. You always want to ask for more. Like I was saying at the beginning of this thing, you know, you always want to ask for more than you're actually. Well, you want to ask for as much as you can actually get, because that allows you to, to um, put more layers around the client. But um, if you can address some of the hiccups that will happen with one agent before you guys get out there, it's going to be better for everyone. The one thing I want to make sure you guys don't do is do what a lot of the companies and, and individuals that have put us, I think, as an industry in a rough position, which is being the yes men. You don't want to be a yes man. You want to make sure they know exactly what they're getting from the beginning of your relationship with them. And what will happen in the long run is, uh, they will see that your word has more integrity because you're you're able to tell them the things that other businesses will try not to tell them because they're afraid it'll make them look inadequate. You'll be given shooting them straight with your capability. So managing expectations begins at the beginning, at the proposal phase. And or if they're making a change to your detail, um, you really want to re you want to reframe those responsibilities. Say you lose a guy, um, you really want to reframe those responsibilities and let them know how that's going to impact the client. Uh, the the level of protection you're going to be able to offer moving forward as well. Boom. Working solo, things you must get right. Uh, what would you say about planning, man? What would you say? What, what comes to mind when you think about things you've got to get right uh, when working solo, Greg? So the first thing that comes to mind is uh, your nav, uh, not getting lost. Uh, <laughs> having several layers of yes. backup to yourself because now you don't have somebody else in the car that might be uh, navving. If you're driving and you're navving at the same time, that's not easy, especially if you're in an area you haven't been. Uh, hopefully you got on the ground and we're, we're able to do an advance and drive it before. But a common scenario is uh, a solo agent would be assigned to an artist, maybe doing a tour of South America. So you might be able to advance that first tour city, say it's Bogota, Colombia. Now you've advanced it. Your client comes into town. You work that show. Guess what? You're with that client now. Now they're going to Santiago, Chile, and you don't get to push off your front because they're by themselves. So you have to stay with them. So that's when you get into these digital advances. That's when you get into trying to run these things on Street View. I don't know if any of you have actually ever run your detail on Street View, uh, but you get in that Google Maps and you can actually run your entire detail uh, if it's obviously a reasonable length of time. Uh, navigation. So this is where you pull out your nav tricks. Uh, nav tricks would be, uh, I always have a navigation phone, separate phone that I nav with. I uh, will, will put it on the mount in my car away from the, uh, the client's view and I'll have a Bluetooth in my ear. So if I'm using the dummy lady telling me where to go, uh, I can hear it in my ear only. And the Bluetooth is always the far side from the client, never told the client. You always want to be able to hear the client. So you have your nav phone mounted separate from your uh, your communications phone. You don't want them to be the same. That's bad, uh, bad protocol. Uh, and then you have a Bluetooth in your ear where you can hear if you need those uh, verbal directions as well so that you know where you're going. And third thing on that is offline mapping. 
Uh, you're going to go to some places that aren't going to have good data, good signal. So we download maps into our phones. Your satellite will work in your phone, even if your SIM card is not in anymore. Uh, the satellite system will work. And if you've already downloaded a map into your phone, maps.me is a good one I use. I've used this in Syria, Lebanon, all over South America. You can download those specific maps, and your phone will still work as a navigation device, even if you have no data. Uh, so making sure you don't get lost. That's the first thing. <laughs> driving those points and it's been some close calls out there when you don't you haven't been to the city before but so far we've done pretty good heck yeah no man that's all awesome awesome stuff yes download those maps ahead of time um making sure you don't get lost a few cheat codes on that personally what i've been using is these aftershocks uh on the kind of on the tech side of the house for working solo you guys see me i forget they're on my head and so i live with them because they're actually that comfortable so you'll see me like all the time with these things on but they allow me to listen to my Bluetooth and also listen because they don't actually go in your ear. So um, they're a pretty cool cheat code for when you're working solo and that map is just like telling you your turns. Uh, there's a lot of smart watches out there now as well. Um, you know, I usually like rock the Garmin's. I know the Apple, Apple phones also work with navigation devices that will work in tandem with your phone and tell you turn by turn what you're doing, where you're going. Um, and so your hands up on the steering wheel and you're just looking at your watch and getting the information you need as you drive. So, you know, as long as your connection is good, because sometimes you gotta renew that connection, but those are just a little, a few little things that you can use as well to kind of make it a little bit easier. Um, working solo too, you know, so other things that you've got to work on is once you're with that client, you're with that client, you've got to do that digital advance. I'd say, so you have your like normal EP behaviors, right? Like advanced work when you can and all this stuff. But when you're working solo, it's like all those things are amplified you really need to make sure you have your stuff right um you really need to if i can especially if i'm working solo i'll go and run the routes ahead of time um i want to see things the day of recruiting talent is another huge thing whenever you can so the relationships if you don't have an advanced guy if you don't have a venue guy if you don't have a guy that's uh going to be curbside at the hotel and you can utilize the hotel depending on your level of risk and client preferences um, being able to recruit, you know, the hotel staff or being able to recruit someone at the FBO or being able to recruit uh, someone at the venue, the, the house security at the venue to be able to be standing at that drop and lock that venue down and communicating with them is another huge thing you want to try to do when you can, depending on your detail when you're working solo. So I try to recruit talent as much as I can as well while I'm on the move uh, when I'm in a solo format and if you have that time to do that advance that's really when you can do it and another issue uh, another kind of cheat code on that is if you are working in these environments having relationships because you have moved through these environments before this is when it really comes in handy the way you treated the venue last time you were there the way you treated the hotel the fbo last time you were there when you call them and say hey man i'm gonna be rolling in solo I'm going to be rolling in and I've got a principal client. Can you send Larry out there? Or can you send such and such? It's really going to matter the way you acted the last time you were at that venue. And um, this is one of those things that can really make your life a lot easier. Did you tip the guys out? Did you do all those things that we like to do to make sure that um, everything's rolling smooth when you show back up? So you'll be leaning more on tech. You'll be leaning more on relationships when possible. 
Um, another huge thing, this is something you should do on a detail, but something you really need to make sure you get right is making sure you have that run sheet. You know, I call it a run sheet, but it's really just the client's itinerary. And, and I keep mine on my phone, which is where we're going, those locations, all the hot links. So I can click on those and go location, 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 possible locations that the client's going to have. And I just have it right there ready to rock for me. So I can just pull up my phone. Boom. We're going to the next location. Um, and we can, and, and any POCs points of contact that you may need medical assets, consulates, law enforcement, those locations and those phone numbers need to be right there on that run sheet. So that if you do have to take a hard right or hard left or anything like that, you have it all in one place that you can go straight to, um, in the palm of your hand. So those are a few other considerations that run sheets, big recruit talent, uh, your Bluetooth. It seems like it's just kind of a mandatory piece of kit. I like to use the aftershocks. Um, and then, you know, the smartwatch is another cheat code that can help you out if you don't want to have to look at your phone. But what he was saying, too, about mounting the phone where they can't see it will make your life a lot, a lot easier for sure when you're out there uh, making moves, man. Um, what would you say about, like, drops and pickups, Rick, uh, when you're working solo? So you kind of covered it already, uh, making those POCs before you get there. Yeah. And having cash in whatever currency of the location you're in, cash will get you almost everything. Uh, so if you drive up and you didn't have a POC at a location and you don't want to have to go park that car and separate from the, uh, the client or make the client walk uh, a long way to get to the front of the hotel, uh, money will talk. You pick out a space when you roll up, you see a good space there, you get out, you give somebody a $20 handshake in some countries, maybe a $100 handshake in the States, guess what? You're going to get to the spot. So you have to always be ready and kind of always looking like, where would I want this park if I could get anywhere? There's a spot right there. Let me see if I can facilitate it on the ground. Now, if you already did some free printing, got the PLCs ahead of time, as I mentioned, you can already set one of these before you get there. Uh, and there might be some money involved, but that's fine. It will all be expensive at the end, but you want to facilitate this thing so it looks completely seamless uh, for your client. Uh, so that's the, the biggest thing I took from what Byron was saying. The reason I use a phone and app is it's old and I need a big screen. Uh, so uh, I mount that thing up high so it's right next to my, uh, just to the left of my steering wheel. And uh, now I can see that big screen. And a lot of times I'll put it on satellite. Uh, that way I can actually see the uh, the landmarks and the buildings. Yep. And a lot of you guys know, because you've taken my route mapping course, I usually have hard maps, but now how difficult is it to use a hard map when you're driving? It's pretty hard. But I might have that one tucked away anyways. But if I'm not driving, I usually have that sucker out, a, sat, a nice printed out sat map with all my uh, medical assets, safe zones, everything uh, right there. So if my phone does go to Pluey, then at least I have something. Um, but yeah, good stuff. I haven't tried uh, Byron's headsets there, but I, I'm I'm gonna be looking at those tonight now and see see what I can get them for on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, man, no, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's really like I was saying, man. It's it's the things we do as private security professionals. When it's just you, you've got to do all of them, and you've got to do them better. So the social dynamics we teach go through the roof. You know, recruiting and creating a team of auxiliary teammates is really how you make this thing work. And the way you treated them really matters. The tech, you start leaning harder on your tech. Uh, sometimes you get compensated for it, sometimes you don't, but at the end of the day, it's you who's gonna be out there alone. So I will get up early and I'll push out there if I can. 
to make sure I know exactly. And, you know, hey, guys, I'm a jock turn. I'm a grunt turn jock turn EP guy. You know, I can do some EP now, but, you know, I don't think I'm that smart. So I'll run my routes multiple times <laughs> before my clients. I'll walk my routes multiple times. You've got to just make sure you have it down and as close to the time you're actually going to be running those routes. Um, another another big piece, I think, is when you're moving with your principal, uh, when it's just you, you know, you'll see. And even in some of the videos that, that I, I drop sometimes, you'll notice sometimes I'm in front of the client. Sometimes I'm in back of the client. I know that you get taught like textbook way, like we never walk in front of the client. So what if someone comes behind and would never, you know, whatever class school you're from. When you're working solo, man, my opinion is you've got to flow with wherever the work is. You've got to be looking at what side of the uh, street has a wall and what side of the street has a street, uh, what side of the sidewalk has a street. You've got to be looking at, all right, we're going into unknown space. It's time for me to step around, get in front of the client and take them through this corridor, this doorway. We're getting ready to hit um, a transitional space from building to car. This is where it could go down. If you can use the house to push them out there to, to clear uh, and make sure that that drop is clear and send them, a, you know, let them know like, hey, we're, we're probably going to push out there in a few minutes. You guys mind just checking out the car or holding down the drop or making sure those doors are good for me. Different things like that. Uh, you've got to know when to be where because this thing is not on autopilot and you may find yourself in an awkward position where you have to actually navigate like the client has no choice but to follow you. Uh, because they don't know where they're going and you have to actually do things from the front of the detail as you're moving in those situations as often as as I can I'm walking in front of the client a few paces and I'm looking back every few paces just to make sure I know exactly where they are I'm bouncing their image off of any walls and mirrors I have uh, in my environment if there's mirrors in front of me I'm watching them there if there's mirrors to the side of me I'm watching our reflections in those mirrors and I'm trying to make sure I maintain as much situational awareness on them as well as forward. A little side note, something I see with, with new agents is they get sucked into wanting to take care of the principal, right? Like, so they're facing the principal a lot, you know, when they're loading them and different things like that, or just when they're out in public, you got to remember the threat's going to come from outside. So you really need to learn how to work as much as you can next to, or in a direction where you're facing your perimeter or any space where, uh, threat can come from while you're moving that principle and not just be always focused on what do you need, sir? What do you need, ma'am? Um, anything else you want to say on posturing uh, as you move with clients, Rick? Yeah. So uh, if you're solo, you're with that client and now you don't have those buffers. You don't have that second or third person uh, that can kind of track something coming in close to you. So the problems are going to come to you. Uh, yep. So as Byron said, you have to be the one that's, that's uh, kind of, flowing around that client and putting yourself in between a potential problem and your client, no matter where that is, front, back, side. So all the problems are coming to you now. So now what happens? Now, if you have a problem, you have to deal with that problem and go ahead and, and evacuate that client. Uh, now that takes some training. So uh, you guys are going to be going through some trainings with us. We'll, we'll cover drills where we're doing solo drills, but uh, there's a lot of different tactics. Some of these, uh, some of you guys that went through our hard skills in the last class, I started going over some of these solo tactics if you're armed and showing you some different techniques that maybe you hadn't seen before. In fact, I don't think there was too many of you guys that had seen some of the things I was showing you. Yeah. Uh, and then we explained why. You might have to roll completely different because now the problem comes to you and you have a problem and a client to take care of.
Uh, and that, that is a challenge that does take, we can't cover that right here in a, in a, in a phone call meeting. Uh, but this is something that we can go over in training so that you guys can get used to this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. And you covered everything else. So the layering aspect is gone. Build your own layers. Yep. If you have to go to a club with your, your client, break out that $20 handshake, get somebody on the security staff on your team. They're your middle layer. Get somebody at the door on your team, another $20 handshake. They're your outer layer. Let them know what you're looking for. We have certain uh, clients that might have stalkers in California or wherever. Um, but you you need to build your own layers if you don't have your own team there to make your own layers. And again, there's a million different ways to do that, depending on what kind of detail you're doing, but you need to start thinking about that. How can I get the most bang for my buck with the personnel that are there, even if they're not on our team? Yeah, 100%, man. Social dynamics keep you paid. They keep you in the game. Uh, let's get into some do's and, the, and some don'ts, man. I know... When you're working solo, um, I personally look at it as a, a one of the more risky times in your EP relationship with that customer uh, because you're going to have a lot of FaceTime, <laughs> a lot of FaceTime. And those uh, your customer believes that you are their John Wick, their whoever, and you've got to be able to deal with that FaceTime uh, efficiently and, res and, and, and respectfully, um, you know. It depends on your client. Obviously, some some clients like you to be more stoic and militant. Some clients like you to be more like a dude. You know, like sometimes I feel pressure when I'm making content to like maybe I should like throw on a suit and make it look like how I see all the other marketing, EP marketing, you know. But like the reality <laughs> is I'm all about being authentic. This is how my clients want me to dress. You know, I look like a dude. They're like, I don't want some guy. And that shirt says goat because it says get out and train. Don't get it twisted. Uh, but, you know. I don't, my clients don't want some guy that draws a lot of attention with an earpiece and a suit. They told, you know, I've been told before you put a suit on, we're going to fire you, right? So being able to like have the interactions with your client the way you're, the way that they want is really big. And don't take it as your opportunity to tell them how cool you are, advertise for yourself, all that stuff. What I've found when it comes to dealing with your customers is, if you err on the side of being professional, you want them to know you as a professional first and foremost. Uh, and as they feel more comfortable that no matter what, you are a professional, there's conversations you'll be privy to that uh, they'll ask your advice in. And the best thing for you to do is remain neutral, maybe respond with a question, get off the X, don't give your opinion. You know, there's certain conversations you'll be privy to where it's important that you show them that you're not listening to what they're talking about, you know, where you actually maybe give them some space or you just, I'm just driving, <laughs> you know, like you actually show them that, Hey, I'm doing everything I can to respect your space and respect your conversation. It's going to be one of those situations where you need to make sure you navigate things uh, very responsibly and very professionally. So keep your opinions to a minimum. Remember anything you give them, uh, can and will be used can be used against you in the long run opinions change maybe this month they like this po political thing maybe next month they hate it maybe this month they like this thing maybe they maybe your 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 male likes it and his wife hates it and you side with the husband and then the wife you know finds out that you like you know the thing that, that you guys sided with and then she starts gunning for you you never know so um i just want to say if you're working solo don't take it as a time to advertise for yourself 
by being, you know, um, trying to have like uh, FaceTime with them. Make sure it's a time where you advertise for yourself by things going smoothly, you being a professional and them knowing they can depend on you first and foremost to be a consummate professional. Any, what would you add to do's and don'ts, Rick? Yeah, so if you're the only one on that detail, you're the solo operator there, you're it. Um, you're the face of the company that hired you. Yep. If you do something stupid, you say something stupid, it's not that Rick did something stupid, it's that the company did something stupid. So you <laughs> could be affecting a huge contract, uh, maybe a law, an ongoing contract that they've had for a long time. If you do the wrong thing, uh, you just blew it for the company. Yeah. Uh, so think about that. It's not just you. It's it's the you know the, the well-being of the company that has trusted you with their client. Uh, so like like Byron said, you know, uh, keep things really cool. What what are those first date rules? Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. It's a first date rule out there. All right. Uh, you're gonna stick with those things because you never know who's coming from where. And sometimes, and I've seen this before, they might try to drag you into something that they oh, don't really yeah. believe to see if they can get you. And so I always stay very kind of, you know, very average on everything. And I don't really talk about anything with them that comes to that. If it's about my flight out, if it's about safety, I'll talk to them all day long. Uh, but if it's about something really, really off topic, our topic, I keep it friendly, but I keep it pretty short. 100%. And if you get cornered, answer with a question, open-ended questions and get them talking again. That's the thing. 100%. The other thing I'd say too is um, I don't, it's not weird to have some nerves before doing an EP detail, even um, with some, with a client you've worked before. I personally, I kind of respect it. I respect what I do enough to be like, all right, any day could be my last day. I've done this my whole entire adult life, but today, if I fail, it could be my last day. So I allow myself to have a little bit of a healthy, not fear, but awareness of like, hey, this is this is big what I'm doing. Don't take it for granted. Um, when you're working solo, uh, there can be curveballs that are thrown at you. And what we do and, you know, with the training that me and Rick are doing, you guys are going to you guys get pushed, you know, with with what we're unrolling, unrolling tonight. We're trying to get you some good info before we get into it. But with what we're rolling out tonight, you guys are going to get pushed. If you come do the hard skills intensive, you guys are going to get pushed. And what I want you to keep in mind is calmness is strength okay you want to be like a duck man on the outside that duck is just moving but underneath those little feetsies <laughs> they're, they're going and they're thinking and you're thinking ahead you're thinking to the next equation okay cool we're in the green room where do we need to go next i got my route down have the vehicles been checked uh are we good for that transitional space who can i push there what are my hard do i have any hard rooms between here and there in case something happens you want to be thinking you're in the vehicle, you're driving and you're like, okay, where's my um, next known safe location? If I do have to do something, you always want to be thinking ahead. When that client says, hey, we want to go to that one place I went to that one time with the really good burritos, you know, do you have the PA on speed? Do you already have a dialogue going with her that you can just real quick, just be like, hey, the burrito place from that one time she was here. Do you have anything? Do you have those assets? And I don't, it does not matter if you're getting shot at or if they're throwing you curveballs. Calmness is strength because what's going to happen most of the time is you're going to get a curveball. And some guys, they don't deal with it that well and they get a little too rigid. And you literally need to be the guy that's like, all right, check it out. 
we got Godzilla coming from 12 o'clock. We're just going to go on ahead and take a hard right. Like you want to be like ice in your veins and you need to be able to navigate because what stresses guys out is the fact that, you know, your itinerary can get completely wrecked at any point in time, depending on who it is you're working with. And really, is that really a big problem when we're here to be able to keep them safe, productive, happy and move them through their itinerary? No, actually, literally, it's what we're here to do. So, you know, hey, let's do it well and let's stay calm, stay focused, because they're going to remember one human beings are like natural barometers. They feel there's an energy exchange, especially if you're in a car, they're going to feel what you feel. And if you bristle up when they when they say they want to go do something, da, 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 that's going to impact them. If you if they say, hey, man, let's. Oh, they look out the side uh, of, the, of the plane. I've had this happen. They look out the side of the plane. They're like, what's that down there? Oh, those are the Canary Islands? I've never been to the Canary Islands. <laughs> Let's go to the Canary Islands. And you, all of a sudden, you're going in and you got to figure it out on the way. They build your parachute on the way down. It's a uh, roger that, sir. We'll get things set up. And you hop on those and you hop on that Wi-Fi and you start getting things set up. You hit up the travel agency that you guys are working with and you start getting things set up. So remember, calmness is strength. When you're doing this, the nerves aren't weird, but you must deal with them like a professional, 100%. Anything else to drop on that, Rick? No, you covered it pretty well. Um, that's one of our, we have a, a nice slide when we do our classroom portion of this uh, class of do's and don'ts. And uh, one of them is, you know, stay calm and tell. <laughs> and <laughs> I show you a little video of one of my glorious moments yeah. in Columbia. Uh, when I stayed calm until, and uh, I kind of explain it. Not one of my proudest moments, but it worked out in the end. Yeah. And uh, uh, sometimes if your client is not snapping onto the situation around, you can be very calmly and telling them, sir, we have to go now. Sir, we have to go now. Sir, we must go right now. Sir, we have about a second more before we're going to have a real problem. And then go and that was, that was <laughs> flying out of it. And of course he had a photographer and a videographer on it. So the whole thing's on tape. Uh, and so I like to say, stay calm and chill with what it yeah, comes yeah. to that one. Yeah, uh, one thing we glossed over a little bit, I just want to hook you guys up, but this is not, we're covering stuff for all details, not just solo. Uh, but I think it's exaggerated when you're working solo because you're it, you're the face of the company, you're the face of the detail, you're everything. Yep. Is uh, your interaction with that client. Don't ask for hookups. Nobody's there to tell you, to give you a little nudge. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give you a couple examples. These are examples that I've seen in the field. Um, good agents, too, but they screwed up. Crypto millionaire, uh, agent asked him for some uh, advice on the next biggest altcoin coming up. Big, huge mistake. Because guess what? It wasn't the agent that asked him. It was my company that asked him. Sec4 International that asked him. It wasn't the agent. Another guy, good agent, asked the client if he could get his kids backstage in his next concert. No, you don't get hookups ever. You're not, it's not, it's not the guy who just asked that question. It's the company who just asked that question. Uh, so these are things you have to always consider. Is this something that that's going to be good for the company? If it's not, then you don't need to bring it up. Uh, it's yep. not, it's not going to make a difference. So that's, it's nothing you should, you should bring up if it's not good for the company or good for the protection of the client. Yep. 100%. And your reputation will precede you in the industry. And I, the, I say the same thing, but I say it a little differently. Never forget whose brands you represent. You represent the company who put you there, there's their brand. You represent that client's brand, the way you interact with other people and, and places and things. You represent them as well. And then if you're working, you know, if you've gone through the league training, you're also representing the league. 
uh, our brotherhood, our student body, and us out there because we take pride in the training that we render for you guys. And then most importantly, remember, you represent your own brand. And all you're going to have in this game is your integrity. And, you know, if you go through our training, we're looking at you. And when, when people call us, we're going to tell them about how you did. And that's how this industry works, man. It is word of mouth driven. And I can literally, I'll get a call. Hey, we got this guy. He's awesome. He's special forces, everything. Starship trooper. Uh, you know, uh, he's a ninja and he's a Viking at the same time. And I'll sit there and be like, I'll be waiting, listening, listening. And then I'll wait for him to say one thing up and then they'll be like, he's a solid, he's a solid agent or he's a good dude. And I'll be like, He's a good dude. They're like, all right, he's a good guy. As long as if they say he's a good guy, I can teach tactics. I can do all the other stuff. But if they tell me he's a solid individual, solid, then let's go on ahead and give him, a, give him a shot. And that comes from prioritizing those brands that you represent and being dependable. Remember, you're working with a customer and you don't own the company. Treat it like it's someone else's wife. That's the game. <laughs> that's, that's how I look at it. Uh, all right, solid, man. Let's next slide and let's hammer through the rest of these boom so special announcement time wanted to make sure get you guys a lot of info on working solo and now we have a special announcement this what you're about to see has never been rolled out to the private security industry tonight is the very first time we got 126 people on this call right now getting ready to see the unravel the unveiling of well stand by before we get there hold on one second okay so it's coming <laughs> it's coming so first uh what me and rick are doing with the league of executive protection specialists is we are making the industry a place where people who didn't before have access to having a career in this industry can now have access to having a career in this industry, right? This is kind of what I've been passionate about. And this is what the League of Executive Protection Specialists is about. We have different courses that we offer. We're going to unroll something tonight that has never been offered. The beginning of the course offerings on the League side of the house is the training day success package. This is where I teach you everything I know about executive protection. So I've been doing executive protection since I was 21. I'm 37 now. Uh, I hit my first 60 countries in the first year, traveled more than the president of the United States that year. Did that on repeat for seven years. Uh, started out bouncing at uh, Hennessy's Tavern in, in Dana Point, California. Um, then I, I left and went to Florida, started out bouncing um, at a club called Opium. Some of you guys may know of it. Uh, built my climbed my way back up to the top of the game in Florida as well. Um, so I built my career on both coasts. Uh, I realized there's a formula to doing this. This first level of, um, of, of education is really about how to build your career and also everything I know about executive protection. So with every single one of these courses, you get the course. This is an online package where I teach you executive protection all of the soft skills, everything I know about how to do EP, you'll learn how to do EP, um, but then you'll also learn how to write your resume, how to set up your LinkedIn, how to do digital marketing, how to do the social dynamics, interfacing with uh, your clients, teams, venues, uh, motorcade operations, all that stuff online. This is kind of like the gateway, the entry point, if you're looking to take your career to the next level and get the industry to react to you. If you watch my podcast, you'll see students who've gone through this course and now have the careers that they uh, honestly 
like didn't even know if they'd be able to achieve within six months. Some of them got it in three months. So this is awesome. Now with all these courses, you get ongoing support. So yes, you get the course, but you pay once and uh, we, I stay with you and coach and counsel and mentor twice per month. We hop on a zoom call and I help you guys through your sticking points at audit resumes and all those things to make sure I do everything to get you to success. As far as I know, we're the only school, we're the only educational platform that does that, um, that stays with you. I don't just run you through a course and then say, hey, good luck out there. Uh, you become part of the league, you get a network, you get access to our network of professionals, all the other guys that have gone through the course. We share opportunities. Rick's already mentioned the guys that come through the hard skills package. He's already been employing them. I've been employing uh, agents that go through these courses uh, since the beginning of what we've been doing as well. So. It's amazing value. It's value for the rest of your career after you get involved with us. So boom, you've got the executive protection training day success package, everything I know about EP um, in one course. And that's online. You can take it at your leisure. You don't have to stop work and lose money and all that stuff to get into our industry. Level two, boom, this is the master's class. So in level one, I take you as far as I can take you in this game. Uh, with everything that I know at the time of, of putting that curriculum together. Level two, the master's class, is where you learn from a number of the biggest and the best names in the game. Elijah Shaw, Christian West, Aaron Molden, uh, you know, a lot of the Jerry Jacobs, a lot of the names you'll see here if you know who's who in the industry. Rick's going to be doing a course for us here coming up, and I'm going to continue adding to this curriculum. So if you have been in the industry for a while and you want to take your your skills up a notch and you're looking for more managerial stuff or even specialized things in different areas. You can see here the instructors, you can see here their topics. And as I meet different uh, industry professionals that are at that level, um, I'm gonna continue building this library. So this is kind of like the black label of what we offer here at the league. And this is another online curriculum that will seriously take you to the next level. Boom. Level three, we've got the eight day hard skills intensive, the most, I'm so proud of it, the most hardcore course in the executive protection industry. Um, and the reason I, uh, that me and Rick, and this is where you'll start to see Rick, he's our training director at the league. And the reason I wanted to enter at the most hardcore level uh, is because there's a lot of training out there where, you know, you'll get death by PowerPoint, you'll go to a seven day or a week long course, death by PowerPoint, maybe you'll do one EP op, but do you really know how to protect? Have you done, at this course, you'll get multiple levels of medical training. You'll get your TCCC, you'll get your first aid, AED, you'll get your first aid, you'll get your AED, you'll get all the medical you need, one, to stand out in a stack of resumes, and two, to actually be able to do what's necessary on a detail. Um, you'll get a full uh, firearms package, that's attack on principle, that's low light, that's CQB, that's um, gunfighting around vehicles. You'll learn how to use barricades. Um, you'll learn one man CQB tactics. It's, this is the course that makes you a legitimate protector. And then also you'll get two levels of driving training. We offer the highest level of driving training in the United States at this time. As far as I know, uh, you'll get vehicle dynamics and then you'll get contact driving, but don't take my word for it real quick. I want you guys to see a quick video on what it is we do here at the hard skills intensive. Welcome to the League of Executive Protection Specialists, Hard Skills Intensive.
you come to this course, we are going to hammer on three primary competencies. We're going to start out with the medical portion. You'll leave there as an NAEMT. You'll get your TECC, your first aid, your AED, and everything really you need to deal with trauma. Next, we push into the shooting package, and this package is designed to take you from zero to hero. We don't just do the training on the range. We lean into CQB. We fight around vehicles. We show you how to actually gunfight, not just how to shoot paper targets. Then we get into the driving part of the package. We drive every single day, so this is a primary competency. We have to be able to bring to bear when it counts. But then we take it up a notch, and we offer our patrons a training opportunity that is very rare, and I believe we may be the only ones offering it in America. Contact driving. Our instructor cadre operates overseas in high-threat environments on a regular basis, and so we bring that expertise back here to the private security profession. Roll, 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 roll! Protectors, prepare for glory! League of Executive Protection Specialists is not just about training. This is a brotherhood, and we do our careers together. So join us and become part of the golden standard in the private security industry. Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade, out. Boom, so this is the course that is the hard skills intensive. And what I think is important for you guys to know, we have three spots left. We've got three spots left at the last course we're going to be doing, I believe, this year. Uh, so there's only three spots left. That course is in November. You remember those dates, Rick, by chance? Yeah, November 4th through 11th. November 4th through 11th. So it's coming up. Those three spots will fill up. They'll be taken by the end of this call. We still have a hundred and some odd people on this call. So if you're interested in this, you guys will see a little blue button pop up really soon. And going ahead and hop into that. But we've got another thing we're going to roll out. Anything you want to say on the hard skills intensive, Rick? Uh, again, you know, we know you're not going to be smashing through uh, vehicles from downtown Pittsburgh. Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but uh, we want you to have these things in your back pocket for that, that dumba dumba moment, right? If it's a one in a million chance this thing could happen in one more detail, uh, you want to be prepared for this. Uh, you don't want to be just soft skills and then not really, really know how to handle something that you're there actually getting paid for to protect. So that's why we do hammer on these hard skills uh, pretty heavily. There, there's no sense going over it lightly because, oh, you, you'll probably hardly ever need these things. So why be good at it? Well, because when it does happen, you want to be good at it. That, that is why we, we, uh, we push that so hard. Yeah, 100%. And this is one of the biggest ROI courses because when you come through this, the training you'll have will be head and shoulders above a lot of agents that are in the industry and competing in the industry. As you guys know, the industry is blowing up and a lot of people are trying to get into this industry. You will have modern training, two levels of driving training, all your medical that you need, and you'll have a current pistol course 
no matter what your background is, you probably need to learn these skills in an executive protection centric manner. So this is the course that makes it so you're as advertised. So, hey, like I said, only three spots left. That will sell out tonight. Boom. Protective driving. You guys got to see a little bit of this in there. This is another course that we're offering as well. Um, like I said, uh, we are, I believe, the only ones offering this to the private security industry at this level. Um, this the, the main difference between what we offer and what other people offer is uh, we take it beyond the parking lot and paintballs. So uh, a lot of what's out there is vehicle dynamics, which is very important. That's like learning your marksmanship. It's like learning how to be fast and accurate with a firearm, learning how to master that vehicle. Uh, when you start to get into actual contact driving, that's learning how to actually fight and fight back and protect and make contact and do uh, pit maneuvers and different things like that with that vehicle, learning how to drive close to vehicles, learning how to actually communicate while you're in a motorcade and do all the things that have to do with actually being a security driver, not just learning how to drive a vehicle solo um, and do the vehicle dynamics thing. So there's some huge differentiators when it comes to uh, learning vehicle dynamics and then going up to actually security driving and fighting with a vehicle. Um, I saw a question over there. All of this is offered in Tucson, Arizona, FYI, guys. Anything you want to add to the driving part, Rick? Yeah, guys, th this is all born from my experiences. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times down in Mexico or Colombia, Lebanon, Iraq. Uh, and again, you know, things can kick off anywhere. But uh, these things, uh, we, we give these, this training at a very high level. and You can bring it down to exactly where you need it to be. But again, better to have this stuff in your in your back pocket. Uh, but yeah, come out to a come out to a class where you you can't do what we do anywhere else. Uh, so do that class, and then, like I said, you can you can bring it down. And uh, oh, and also you're going to do about a hundred pickups and drops. Uh, so you're going to get sick of pickups and drops by the end of the course. <laughs> Every time we change you guys, uh, drivers, you guys are out there that have been through it. No, you're doing a pickup and a, you're doing a pickup and you're doing a drop. So that becomes really automatic for you. Also, we got a lot of tricks like that to get you used to just the uh, the regular things you're going to be dealing with out there. But yeah, I hope to see you guys out there. It's an excellent course. It's a lot of fun seeing you guys progress from a. Uh, from where you are to uh, three days later, what you've become as a security driver. 100%. You'll also deal with ram, how to ram through a barricade, and we will put you in a roll vehicle and roll you over so you can learn how to deal with that as well. Um, these are the courses that get you ready for uh, the worst case scenario, but also there's skills that you should have. You know, when I looked at the industry and I took my experience in over 60 countries, doing all the things I've done all the all around the world, and I looked at what's being offered and I started looking at what Rick's been doing as a trainer, as an instructor. He was the guy that I was like, this is the most real deal stuff. This is what professionals need. This is what I wish I would have had formal training on uh, as I was out there. And we were figuring out our own ways to make these things actually work and actually be formidable with these things. So in my opinion, man, this is the stuff that you need as you get into the game. So lifetime access comes with every single one of these uh, courses. You will, with every single one of these courses, you'll be part of the network with every single one of these courses. You will be part of the League of Executive Protection Specialists and have access to the network and be able to find opportunities where you are. It's turning into an international network. Uh, it is a brotherhood. So you go through these courses. We don't just say, hey, you graduated, good luck. 
We help you with placement. We interview you while you're there. Rick hires from inside the course, so do I. Um, but you'll have the network of professionals also to help you launch your career. You get access to that with every single one of these courses. Uh, live support, you'll have access to a special group where you can ask questions. Anything that comes up in your, in your career, you have a question about, you ask it in our live group, which we're actually transferring off of Facebook on our own website very soon. Um, and you'll have your brothers and your sisters out there to help you navigate and give you the cheat codes on how to win. You'll never do your career alone again after you join us at the league. Uh, special announcement time, ladies and gentlemen. So what we are rolling out now, I'm just going to let this last video speak for itself. Stand by, palms down, targets. The Executive Protection Immersion Course. With this course, we take a little different approach to teaching agents the art of private security. This course is based on experiential learning. These agents will be out in the field with us, working with us on private security details that are so realistic that they will not even know they are on a training exercise. If you've got new agents that have just joined your company or your team, and you want to know that they know what they're doing when they're out in the field, this is the course to make sure they get the experience that they will need to perform at the highest levels in front of your principals, clients, and stakeholders. If you're an agent that's been in the game and want to learn some different ways of doing the deed, then this is the course that will give you a chance to try what you do and learn what we do in order to come up with the best security solutions for you and yours. With our hybrid approach to learning, our students will have all the time they need to get up to speed before showing up for the course. But once they get to the course, they will run through a battery of high-speed security operations designed to test them, push them, and also to help them prove themselves to themselves so when they're out in the field, they can operate with confidence and the competence that we require in the private security industry at the level of executive protection. Join us at epspecialist.com and let's take your soft skills to the next level. Boom, so that is the special announcement. We are finally rolling out the executive protection immersion course the reason i'm excited about this course is because it is immersive okay there's a lot of training out there that you know you go you sit in a classroom you learn there's powerpoint and then maybe you run one detail this course is going to take a hybrid approach to getting you the information you need but then when you get on location with us you're going to actually do executive protection for six days with us in the field uh, you'll be running small details. We're going to run you through a battery of training. When you leave this course, you will know that you have the experience to be able to perform out in the field. You'll you'll have dealt with the curveballs. You'll have dealt with the uh, daily activity reports and uh, managing, you know, your, your funds and your resources, your purse and all these different things. You'll have dealt with it. So when you go out there into the industry, you're going to know you know how to do it. If you send agents to this course, you're gonna know that they have done it under supervision so that you know they're competent out there in the field. This is the most real world executive protection training course I believe the industry has at this time because it's all about actually. Rick's ran courses like this in the past and been accused of actually, <laughs> I think I've been accused of actually, um, you know, <laughs> agents thought he was actually running a real detail. So he's like a, a savant mastermind of training. 
and we're bringing to you guys the most real world training in the industry. So this is not about the classroom. This is about in-field learning, experiential learning, which is the most, the highest value learning for your brain. What would you say about it, Rick? Yeah, so what Byron said is actually true. Uh, we were running this, uh, this immersion course uh, a few years back and uh, we had maybe 20 students going through and we were doing three uh, teams of three. And uh, the next day we were starting a whole new module, the high threat module, uh, after we finished our immersion module and three, three students, a whole team didn't show up. And I asked, hey, where are those, where are those guys? And uh, I was told that they didn't like that we were making money off of them. And I said, what are you talking about? And uh, their, their partners there, and, uh, fellow students said that they thought that uh, we were actually putting them on a real detail. And it was so realistic. They thought it was real that we were actually charging clients and having students protect them and making money off of them. So uh, I had to, I had to uh, quickly uh, put together a PowerPoint showing how much this actually costs us. Um, what you guys are doing is you're tracking, you're tracking clients flying into LAX airport. Uh, you're picking up clients at LAX. And if you haven't done that before, it is a challenge in itself. But yes. if you get into the deep end here, you're going to be able to do this anywhere. You're taking the clients to a four-star hotel. This is a realistic hotel. Uh, they had a big uh, political event a few years back while we had a bunch of students there. And the Secret Service was actually there with some political folks staying there as well at the same hotel. So it's a legit hotel. You're going to get banks of money. Uh, the, the clients, uh, the, excuse me, the students will get a bank of money to not only spend on their detail, but you will you be taught how and have to keep those track those expenses down to the last penny. And yep. you don't get to go home the next day until uh, that expense thing uh, balances out. And a lot of students get frustrated at that, but it teaches you that you know clients are keeping an eye on those pennies. So we want to teach you to keep an eye on those pennies also. Uh, so everyone who uh, ever said that that all we're about is guns and blood and guts and everything is completely wrong because they actually didn't know anything about our training. We never put this online and, you know, did videos of it. We just did the training. But what it was designed to do, just like Byron said, it's designed to put you on a detail before you're on a detail. Uh, I see a lot of uh, well-known people in the industry saying, oh, you can't learn how to do a detail in training. Yes, you can if it's done properly. And we do it properly by putting you on a detail. Yep. And uh, you guys will see when you go through it. And there might be some folks out there tonight in the audience that actually have been through it. I don't know. Uh, I can't see all the names. Uh, but when you're done with this, we do three details. Uh, you're going to be comfortable leaving this course on going on detail. And that's where we want you to be. 100%. And these courses... This isn't going to be, you know, like it's not one of those, hey, you go on one detail and here's your certificate. Uh, this is going to be you're going to actually get reps. Where's your classroom? Half the time it's going to be at a hotel. You're going to have actual actors that you're going to be that you're going to have actual civilians that are your clients. You know, you're going to have actual people that are going to be client with you. Um, it's going to be real world uh, experiential education. And that's what I'm really excited about. And. The reason I, I really leaned on the, the uh, hard skills intensive being the most hardcore course in the executive protection industry. And I'm proud of that because I'm all about making real legitimate protectors that can be as advertised that have been trained to do what we do, not just leaning on their background. Right. I have a great I have a cool background, too. But like it's about what I can do today. When's the last time you went through that? Right. So the reason I lean on that is because we have that hardcore training that'll prepare you for the worst day in your industry. But we also are offering the probably one of the best educational platforms for the soft skills. This is a soft skill centric baptism. 
into what it is we do. This is going to take your soft skills in EP to the next level because you're going to do it. And then me or Rick or one of the instructors is going to be watching you at the FBO, try to sit there and get the information you need and try to get, you know, tarmac access or whatever it is and try to actually navigate these environments. But you're also going to be in the dojo where it's okay to be a white belt where we're going to be able to sit there and be like, all right, check it out. Like you rolled up, you did this, boom, 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 boom. Maybe next time look at doing it this way. This is what I would do. This is how I've navigated it. And you, and it's, it's, it's such a great opportunity to be a white belt at these courses and just learn in the safety of other warriors who are just there uh, to get better together at this art, at this discipline we do called protection. And that's what these courses are really all about. Uh, intense becoming better at the hard skills and being able to outperform others, uh, the enemy if needed, becoming consummate professional at the soft skills and being able to have that ice in your veins and deal with the curved balls and organize and run that itinerary like a champ and deal with the administrative strain as well of executing on a real EP detail, man. This is the real deal stuff. So this course is available to you guys. We got two more. We got one more slide and we're opening it up to Q&A. This is what we're rolling out. This is the beta launch. We got 10 slots available for the very first class. This class, this course right here is a $7,000 course. We're renting hotels. We are renting vehicles. There's a lot to go into both the hard skills and this course. Hard skills course, we're replacing cars and things like that afterwards. It's, it's a nightmare, but it's awesome training, right? You guys get to go bang those cars up. This course, we're going to be renting hotel rooms for you guys. Like I said, you're going to have a purse. You're going to have all these th things. Um, this is a $7,000 course tonight. We are going to roll it out. Uh, beta launch at four four seven five. So at four seven five, four thousand dollars is what the uh, EP immersion course is going to be, and you will have access to our network moving forward. So you'll meet all your classmates, all your brothers that are all part brothers and sisters that are all part of the golden standard. You will have access to me for the rest of your career and the instructors on ongoing coaching for the rest of your career. So you get in here at one of these courses, be it training day, master's class, hard skills intensive, driving course, or the immersion course. Uh, in that 10 people, we still have 107 people on this call. We've only got 10 slots. This is the only time you'll see it for $4,750, that price right down there. And um, so take advantage of this opportunity if you can. Uh, there's a button at the lower left corner of your screen, uh, blue button that says click here to apply. Now what's going to happen, uh, we're going to go into Q&A format now. You guys fire away. I've been looking at some of these comments. Love you guys. Love seeing a lot of you guys on this call. Uh, get your questions ready. In fact, you can start typing them out. Me and Rick can hammer on a few of those as we start to land this plane and we can start a discussion. Um, but what will happen next is you click that link. Uh, the little blue button in the bottom left corner of your screen and you can apply for this course, fill out the questionnaire and we can have a conversation about getting you in the very first class that we're doing of the EP immersion course under the league banner. Uh, so once I close this window, this course is not online. This course is not on the website. There's no more real opportunity to get to this course. We've got 10 slots open. We've got 107 people on this call. Uh, those slots will be gone after tonight. So when I close this window, those slots will be gone. You can always take advantage, not always, you can take advantage of the rest of the courses through that blue button as well. Um, and when I close this window, you'll have an opportunity to do that. But if you want to get on the immersion course, click that blue button and start your questionnaire and uh, set up a time to talk with us.
Boom. So now we get into the live Q&A portion of the call. What questions do you guys have, man, about what it is we are doing, how we're getting down in Chinatown, about you guys operating out there in the industry? Um, bop, 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 bop. Very good intel. Thanks, Will. Appreciate you. Uh, let's see here. We got Michael Rowan. Hey, good to see you, brother. Much love and respect. Went through Rick's course uh, in 2016. I'm telling you, I use the course tactics and techniques to this day. What you use there will be used tomorrow. Uh, legit AF, Dennis. It is. It honestly is, man. Uh, both of us are bringing real world a real world feel and experience to executive protection training. Uh, none of us have, you know, I haven't operated in any of the higher level government agencies when it comes to EP. All I've done is private security, me, small teams. I've been in a 13 man team. I've been in a one man team. Rick, same thing, you know? So this is the reality of the game, you know? Um, and, and that's what I really love about what we're doing. I see a question mark. Um, Da, 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 da. How do you track the cash tips? Uh, to, how do you how do you track the cash about the pennies? How do you track the cash tips to add layers? Uh, let's see here. This is from trying to stay. <laughs> I don't quite understand your question. Tracking cash tips for me, the way I do it. Anytime I give a tip to somebody, I annotate it on my phone. I say, hey. Uh, 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 valet, agent, name, hotel location, time, and and the amount of money. Um, and I usually, you know, like I hit these these valets with twenties, man. Like it's cool because I want them to keep my vehicle up top. And then you drop white envelopes. You you drop tips when you leave to your concierge and different people like that. But anytime money comes out of my pocket, I annotate it on my. I have a little tip uh, note in my phone. That's where I keep everything. Let's see here. Yeah, and you guys you guys will have, uh, we provide you with a basic expense form that you guys will actually use at the end of your detail to take those notes from your phone and put them on this expense form so that everything looks uh, uh, uniform. And it'll have a little category there for whether you got a, a receipt or not. Because we understand that sometimes when we pay things out, there's no receipt. So everything is going to be uh, categorized uh, pretty cleanly. And that's what we'll expect from you at the end of these details we're going to be doing with you. Heck yeah. Awesome. Um, da, 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 da. Big opportunity. Great uh, training with you guys. Hard skills. Da, da, da. This is Isaac. Hey, man. Uh, this is uh, Isaac Howell. Big opportunity. Great training with you. Hard skills. Plenty of real world experience. Heck yeah. I appreciate it. The league. Vince. Hey, man. Thanks for having you out training with us as well. Uh, do you train your client? Do you train your clients? about what their RES. Do you train your clients about what they're... So uh, if you're asking about training clients, I would say, you know, honestly, I try to keep that to an absolute minimum um, because one, they might not care. Two, I don't want to ask them to do anything extra. The, the most, it depends. I've had some clients that have like a hand and arm signal, like three fingers, like get me out of here if someone's chatting them up too much. Um, and most of really what I'll tell them is, hey, if if really I don't really focus on training clients really too much, man. If we're going into a situation that has special requirements, then I'll mention it. 
Um, what would you say on training clients? I let them know. Yeah, that if- I just want to make sure they're, they're talking about not our, 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 our school clients, right? But our real clients. Oh, oh, oh the, the, that's maybe actually what they're talking about. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Probably. Because our, our, our school clients, yeah, they, they get a little bit of a, you know, they know what's up. Uh, they know what to look for and they, they have uh, they have some some requirements as well. Now, real clients, uh, I will do some training in a high threat area. In Iraq, yes, we trained our clients regularly. We thought it was uh, it would be a benefit uh, to us if the client not only knew how things would go down, but maybe they could add a little bit of value grabbing the big med bag in the back, you know, uh, or something like that when something went down. But them knowing what would happen in an emergency and going through some training with us in a high threat environment was beneficial uh, if anything actually did go down. Yeah, 100%. Uh, do we take GI Bill? We are currently working on that, FYI, that question for you. Uh, Rick, you talked briefly about parking as a solo agent. What do you do? You know what the question is, right? What do you do when clients want to get go to shop? Do you park uh, with her or walk client inside uh, with vehicle attended? With do you do you park, let them out curbside, or do you uh, do you let them out curbside, or do you park and walk them in? What would you say on that? So one? It, it, this is going to be, uh, you know. Depends on how far I will have to park, but this is where I'm going to do a little bit of map study before I show up. I might just be on my phone, see if there's a valet area with special parking close. That's when I'll roll into those special areas, throw a, a 20 or $50 handshake, and yep. uh, ask to park right there in front in that special spot. You'll see that in a lot of shopping areas. Right near the valet areas, they'll have special spots there. It's all about it's all about money. So I'm looking for those spots. If I can do it where it's not very far of a drop and I have no other uh, far of a walk and I have no other option, then I'll go ahead and do that walk. Um, again, I work in medium to high threat areas, so I have to be with my client. In a lower threat area, there's other ways you may handle this. Uh, but for me, I have to be with that client. So that's usually how I'll handle it. Find a space up front, use a little bit of money to secure that spot. 100%. That is, honestly, you, you nailed it. That's the best way to try to navigate that. Uh, let's see here. Another agent from the hard skills says, I've been busy with work ever since the hard skills. I'm telling you, hard skills is the biggest ROI, ROI course in the industry. You show up with your resume stacked with the training that you've just done. And uh, Company owners are going to say, hey, this guy invested in himself. He's current on everything. He's got more training than 90% of the dudes in this resume stack. And they're going to be looking at you. And, 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 you know, if you don't believe me, go to my podcast, go back a few episodes, you'll see the class talking about um, how these courses have impacted their, uh, their, their ability to get work in the industry. For someone not yet in the EP industry, what are a few first steps you'd recommend? Yeah, Matthew. So first steps I'd recommend for getting in the industry. One, you can learn a lot about the industry from the podcast. Go and find the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. Listen to these conversations and understand what it's really like in the industry. Um, so that's one. You have an amazing amount of free real-world content. Two, I've got uh, over 100. I think I'm at 150 Executive Protection Field Notes. These are just tips of me out there in the industry. So that'll also give you an idea. That's on my YouTube channel, right? And then three, I would say take a very serious look at Training Day because Training Day is going to teach you how to 
take your skills that you have as a civilian or whatever your background is and actually leverage those to get work in this industry and it's going to give you a network to find work and it's going to give you a mentor mentorship you know you might have skills that maybe you are a server at a restaurant or maybe you're in sales and you might not think anything of it but to an employer like me, or maybe you did Toastmasters or something, I'm going to say, hey, this guy's in sales. He can probably talk confidently with my clients. Uh, he's had a service job. Uh, he understands customer service, which is 90% of what you'll be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And that course will help you understand the value of your life experience and then also how to leverage that as you construct things so the industry reacts to you. Setting up your LinkedIn, the industry starts to react to you the digital marketing strategies, the networking strategies, and then also learning the social dynamics around how to enter a team uh, in a way that's not gonna be adversarial, how to interact with your clients, principals, the royal court that can get you fired in 10 seconds, the entourage, right? These different spheres of relationships you'll be dealing with, you'll get educated on those things so that you won't get passed over as much and so that when you get opportunities, you'll actually be able to take advantage of them. That's where I'd say start, brother. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. I got another. I thought I saw something for Rick in here. What was the name? Okay, someone got the maps.me. Um, are there any health or fitness lists of minimum requirements to enter? Uh, Raphael, I would say there are no minimums when it comes to health or fitness, but what I would say is that you should be able to visually inspire confidence. Uh, in your clients, um, some and 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 also if you're not a very big human, don't think you have to be a big human. A lot of principals want guys that are gray that can walk in and out of a room with. It's not going to draw attention. I think the main thing is that when someone looks at you, they believe you can protect them. Okay, so uh, there are a lot of guys I know that just look like average Joes. That you know they have backgrounds, they've been training, they've been doing things. Uh, and when you look at the resume, you know, hey, this guy's got a, you know, martial arts background and a this and that background and he can sell security. Um, there's no fitness requirements, but just make sure that visually you add integrity to that client's brand because people are going to look at that client and they're going to look at you and you need to represent their brand well. So make sure that you, you have decent physical fitness. Parking in LA, if there is no place to secure the vehicle, do you park in a metered location and take the parking summons parking in la man uh one of the things that I, that's one of those things i try to organize ahead of time as best i can um if you have to sometimes you have to do what you have to do if you're in a single man format uh the valet hack is a very good hack when it comes to those handshakes if you're dealing with meters sometimes you got to do what you got to do if you can keep that client in the car until you can park and then roll in, that's ideal. If you're rolling to a high-end place, sometimes you can call those places ahead of time and they can meet your principal or client curbside and take them in. Another cheat code for that. Um, recruiting, right? Um, uh, foreign languages from Chuck. Have I had clients look for you speaking a foreign language is a, it's a great uh, way for you to gain authority and get on certain contracts. That, in my opinion, is definitely an advantage. What would you say, Rick? For, for me, I tell guys two things. I only work outside the U.S. Uh, medical certifications and language are a huge way yeah. to get on my details and other international providers. Uh, so look at where you want to work and start getting into that language. Uh, I don't know if he's on here tonight, but I was talking to a former student a few days ago of kind of like how to uh, break into a new language and all this other good stuff. 
But get your EMT. That's the first thing. And if you're interested in working internationally, know where you want to work and start learning that language. There's tons of resources out there now. Solid. I got one for working in TJ. Um, and that's the truth, man, especially medical background. That's one of the reasons the eight day hard skills intensive is so good. Having that med medical is one of the sexiest ways to get into the game. Um, and it's something that people are starting to realize is so important. Even on the client principal side, uh, you have the highest probability of using your medical stuff more than any of the other stuff. Medical and driving. We drive every day. Medical things happen. Contractor zips his finger off on property. Everyone's looking at you. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. And those are very easy to sell in this game. Uh, we got Morgan here. been doing a lot of work in TJ as of late. Sometimes the routes I've been given by my advanced agent has been, uh, has been through areas we are meant to avoid any resources you suggest to help better avoid those areas. Rick. Yeah, so uh, TJ, the well, first two years in Mexico was Tijuana, six days a week. Uh, so yeah, um, our our uh, savior there was our, our guys on the ground there. Uh, so our guys on the ground will tell us, uh, we kind of make a heat map on what areas to avoid. Uh, you can go on now, um, go online now and find some pretty decent uh, heat maps that will show the concentrations of violence, carjackings in all the major cities in Mexico. Uh, so that's one way you can do it. But the best way I have found is tapping into my locals in Tijuana and saying, okay, right now, what's going on? What areas do we need to avoid? We need to go from here to here. Let me know what's going on along the route. And then what we'll do is we'll make our route maps and we'll make a nice red. Those of you who have taken that online route map course, you'll know how we make those, uh, those no-go zones. Uh, so if you break down, you know to go to the left side of the freeway instead of the right side of the freeway and things like that. So heat maps from online intel, local intel is the best. And then make sure you map it out, not only on your phone, but hard map as well. Because some places in TJ, as you know, uh, are dead spots. Now, what's wrong with dead spots? Bad guys track dead spots too. Uh, they know they can hit you in a dead spot and you can't immediately get those calls out to police. Uh, so they're looking at those dead spots for the phone as well. Awesome. Yeah, man, that's Rick's AO. So for sure, he knows his business down there. What licenses permits are required to be armed as an EP agent? Um, I know for California and a lot of states kind of work like this. You want to have your guard card in that state. And you want to have your exposed weapons permit in that state. Uh, some states do require kind of a PI license to work um, in a concealed format. Um, and uh, the three big ones, though, generally is going to be your guard card, your exposed weapons permit, and your CCW. Um, Let's see here. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Is that Sean or Shane? He's like, I'm an M A. I am an E an A E M T B L S N T Triple C instructor. Where do I send my resume? Awesome, man. <laughs> Yo, send great start, man. Great start. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Uh, you can fill out that form for the um, for the uh, for the immersion course. We'll get all your information there. One. Uh, you can always send an email if you guys want to get a hold of me after one of these about the courses too to Byron Rogers Marketing at Gmail. That's kind of the aggregate uh, email address for this stuff. Awesome, gents, ladies. Do we have any more questions before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, it's been awesome talking with you guys. Remember, the immersion course is coming. It's gonna be January. 
of next year. Um, fill out that form if you are interested. And uh, I'm sure that class that class is already filled uh, or filling up. So make sure you guys get in there so we can get you on that roster. What about being armed internationally? <laughs> well, since Rick's the guy that, that it runs around the industry armed in high-risk environments, apparently, from what I guess from what I'm hearing, so um uh, extensive international experience why don't you tell them the truth about it rick guys most of the time you're not going to be armed internationally so um if you're on a government contract you you may be okay over in iraq yeah we we were armed right uh some other places i've been i was able to to take care of the hookup uh but normally you go out of colombia brazil mexico you're not going to be armed unless you're a citizen of the country and you've gone through their their process of being armed uh, and that's it. So how we do it, how we've done it for many, many years, is if we require an armed detail in these countries, uh, we're already partnered up with a licensed organization. We've been down there. We've vetted and trained certain individuals. We'll be working with our organization. We call them mobile holsters. Uh, and they will be working with us while we're down there if we require a, uh, an armed presence. And, you know, it's nice sometimes to have a, you're down in Cancun and you have an M4 to the seat next to you. you know, it's, yours, it's nice nice to have it there, um, but you're not going to be open generally. So that's why your planning, your medical, and all your other stuff, your driving has to be on point because you're not going to be relying on those, those firearms. Yep, 100%. And you don't, and the other unsettling thing is you get to these countries. You know, you're looking at the gear these guys have, and they got the best they got. And if you're in a real sketchy place, it ain't that good compared to what you've been used to seeing out in the U.S. Sometimes, you, you know, um, Israel, Jordan, um, Dominican Republic. You're looking at guys with Berettas that were from sometimes, sometimes, sometimes Berettas from Vietnam here, and that's your armed guy. You know, um, sometimes you're looking at weapons that you're like questioning. So. You've got to understand how to use these skills. And yeah, exactly what Rick said. Local companies, local providers who you trust. It's one one of you, one of them, and you guys are getting it done. You know, and if you need something, maybe you know where the stuff is, but you're not going to be armed. And that's why having the knowledge to understand how to not in the private sector anyway, understanding the knowledge to understand how to execute on this on these details as safely as possible is extremely important because the level of excellence and attention to detail that your uh, local assets may have might be a lot different than what you have. So you've got to make sure that you know how things need to be with respect to where you're at, but you've got to make sure you know how things need to be run and that they can also, you can be that asset to make sure things get done because the level of training we have in many cases is a little bit higher. The level of expertise on the environment in case in in, in 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 most cases they are supposed to have they have the knowledge of the environment you have operational knowledge on how to get things done in a safe way and you guys marry those skills and they have the hardware in those cases so that's the reality of the game that's the reality of, tra of traveling so um all right let's see if we have a, one more and then we'll wrap this thing up Hit that link, hit that blue button. Let's join forces, become part of the league. Looking back, knowing what you know now. Yeah, this is, I think, a good final question. What is one thing you would do or have done sooner? Uh, hmm. Looking, you know, for me, what was really interesting is I started at 21, started making six figures in this industry, started traveling. And I, for me, it was like learning how to drink out of a fire hose. Started on a 13-man detail that dwindled down to a two-man detail. 
and we were doing everything. And then I didn't go to my first training course until after I was in the industry for seven years and I'd already kind of figured out how I was doing things. And then the courses kind of helped me really look at uh, what I was doing right and wrong and things like that. I think if there was something I would have done sooner or done differently, you know, based on my maturity too, uh, I think, I think at first coming from combat into executive protection was a big adjustment period for me. It took me a while to really respect EP because, you know, I just got blown up five times in Iraq and, and dealt with that. And so I wish I would have taken it more serious sooner and was able to see the honor in what we do sooner. So because I had all this like hardcore experience, it took me a while to be like, you know what? Protecting people is an honorable thing to do. Protecting people is an important thing to do. And it took me a while to flip that. And so at first when I got out and, you know, uh, was used to getting all this dopamine from work and having dudes try to kill you and getting blown up and, you know, being hard out there in the desert to being in private jets and seven diving hotels and all that stuff. It took me a while to really, really realize that like, man, this is an honorable service. I need to take this. I took it seriously because I was a protector, but like I didn't realize um, really, really the, 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 the respect I should have had for still being able to do this work. So for me, there was a lot of cogniz cognizant dissonance um, when I first became a protector that I wish I would have got a little smarter with a little bit sooner. Um, and I still did a great job because I've always been a protector. But um, now looking back, I was like, man, I wish I would have really thought about this work in this new way sooner. What would you say, Rick? Probably more training early on. Um, had a little bit of training, but not a whole lot. It would have been nice to see how other people do things. Um, when I started going to more trainings, it started opening my eyes on things that I probably should have been doing before that maybe was missed in this other course that I went through early on. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, secondly, is I think I would have um, uh, focused more attention on the planning aspect of the job because uh, in these risky areas we work, that's the thing that's going to get you out of, out of trouble, not not the gun. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, those those two things is uh, more training, uh, different types of training, and uh, focus on planning more. Yep, one hundred percent. And the importance of the soft skills. Um, they kept me alive in this industry, but really, yeah, you just, you did definitely nailed it. That's the real cheat code to success in this industry. The hard skills may save lives. Hard skills do save lives, but soft skills keep you in the game and get you paid. Hey gentlemen, if you guys are in the question saying, thank you, John Elliott saying that this training changed your life. That means the world to me and Rick. I, I wish you guys knew how much that really means when you guys say things like that. Uh, the guys that said earlier, you know, going through the hard skills, Hiram. Uh, has had me working and has got me work since I came out of the course. I was just on a call the other day with another professional that said going through the hard skills within two weeks, he's in the game and we're at the course. And he's like, I hope I can, you know, this works out. I hope it works out, you know, literally on our last uh, class call last night at around the same time, he's telling me, man, me and my dad, we're already hired. We're already in the industry. So um, the league, the gold standard of executive protection uh, we hope to be able to train with all you guys, contribute to all you guys' lives, uh, join forces with all you guys as we as we as we raise the gold standard in this industry. So last chance, if you're interested in the immersion course, hit that blue link, fill out that form. We will get in contact with you and have those conversations. Uh, and uh, until next time, gentlemen, thank you for your time and attention. It's an honor. Ricky, you got any closing words? 
Yeah, guys, if you want any more questions answered by me, find me on LinkedIn, Rick Sweeney. If you put Rick Sweeney Sec4 uh, into LinkedIn, it'll go to me. Um, go ahead and connect with me. Tell me you were on the webinar and ask away. Uh, I'm always available to answer your guys' questions. Awesome. Hey, it's an honor, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you out there in the field, in the big game, or on the next free piece of content. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier, get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one, your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I wanna get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things, the nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one, drop your handgun in, take it to the next level, out, boom. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid, boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Grayman and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out.